binoculars, what do I see? Jersey Devil, Chupacabra, half a dozen Yeti. But no matter, baby, what I do, I can't seem to find you. Welcome to Featured Creatures. My throat hurts. <laughs> uh... The icy chill, the reminder of your mortality, the fridge tone is back. <laughs> and I'm Alex. And I'm Garrett. <laughs> A.K.A. Is there a beep? I, yeah, I also heard that. Heard I thought I thought you made that in your no. throat. I thought that was like a throat no. noise you did. Was that Alan's like, throat beep? No, that I didn't beep. Well, I am a fridge. It's the throat beep. No, I didn't. I didn't do it. So I have a quick question. I have a quick question for all of you assembled here today. Uh Uh-oh. Any of you laid down to get ready to sleep like six hours so you can go pick up your friends and do your podcast, but then you watched 12 episodes of a show and only got like an hour of sleep? No. uh, I don't like anime. Uh, Spoiler, but... I I never said it was an anime. Spoiler. You uh, fucking piece of shit. I did it because my name is... (laughs) Did I get the pronunciation right? Perfect. Oh, good. I'm working on it. You know, I'll, I'll honestly, I'll meet you halfway there, though, on that, Garrett, because uh, I have done that, except for reading chapters of manga. So that's arguably worse. It, I, you know, I know maybe reading involved maybe. in reading is just so worth far. It. Here's, oh no. So far, here's a list of anime that Shefton does like. <laughs> oh, we got it on record. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Baka and Test. I got to see how accurate this one is now. Jojo. Jellyfish Princess. B got a HK, Umaru Chan, Love Lab, Metropolis, Speed Racer, and just the Full Metal Alchemist movie Conqueror of Shambhala. Yes, this really, is all, this just is all the accurate. movie. Yes, I, I don't, I don't care at all about the show. Love that movie. The movie's whatever. The movie's so good. <laughs> it's because you've been spoiled by the show, Alan. No, because the show. You've your been logic tainted. is just. Ah. That's just what I like. This is accurate. That's though. a big list, actually. I mean, this the existence of that list though just it means that I can't ever tell anyone about it if I like ever again. Does that it'll make its way back to me. It might. Maybe. No, it will. Trust no one. <laughs> what about uh, Simpsons? That's an anime, right? You no, know, early Simpsons animated in Korea. So oh, no. I mean that's yeah. <laughs> the, the one rule of an anime is it has to be somehow affixed to a Japanese person, which the Simpsons is. No, oh, the Hanna Barbera. There's a lot of all the Hanna Barberas. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's your favorite anime. Uh, Iwao Takamoto of uh, Scooby Doo fame. There Yeah. There was a there was a Lord of the Rings anime announced recently. Yes. I'd heard and the the a bunch of Lord of the Rings meme Facebook groups I'm in have been just Half whining, like, oh, it's an anime, and it's going to be big titty heroin, and blah, 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 yeah. blah. And the other half are like, probably not. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's basically every argument. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like, huge but the titty, other half is like, show, like, just like shoving the Rankin Bass stuff, and like, well, this is animated in Japan. Like, Toei worked on this. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, honestly, yeah. Like that's I just I would want to reboot like Rankin Bass style reboot Lord of the Rings. Oh, it'd be so gross! I would love it. What I what I actually want is like cell shaded like video game in the Rankin Bass style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just hyper neon tumor people. It would be amazing. I would right. love it so much. We recreate all of Lord of the Rings just using assets from Billy Hatcher and the Giant Ant. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. 
Nah, just uh, Wind Waker and they only do facial expressions. <laughs> Let go dot JPEG. So we got another letter from Billup in the Mail Kelly Mabem bag. That is surprising. Did we did we legitimately get this between the last episode? We got and this that? in April. Okay. And, so, we got, yes. okay. and we got the one we read last episode in February. Oh man. Wow, we really been putting that off. Well, okay. it's because I've been trying to do the Billup things, but then work is a nightmare and Life is even more of a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. No, it checks uh-huh. out. But this one seems good. I like this one. Okay. I mean, they're all good, but okay. this one has skunk ape. Whoa. Spoiler. Get a pair skunk ape. Greetings, friends. Tis Billup. Today, I write you a short tale of my encounter with a fellow riverman. I spent some time this year in sunny Florida, and while there, I decided to seek out the local celebrity known as Skunk Ape. I posted that picture of social distance skunk ape in a discord right when the mm. christmas episodes came out i think so he's wearing the t-shirt I, and is i doing hang loose yeah i was yes. recently going through those that seems familiar check it out <laughs> <laughs> i spent two days swimming through the swamps dodging the attention of crocodiles and always ready to hide from the large snakes why anyone as seemingly peaceful as this skunk ape would choose to live in such a place seemed beyond me even the mosquitoes were larger than they had any right to be the more I tried to eat, the more it seemed they were eating me. Got an old mosquito Boris over there. <laughs> Getting mosquitoed from the inside. I don't like that. I don't like that oh, at all. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, God. No. Oof, no. That's like, you, ever, you ever get, like, stung by a bee on the lip or the tongue when one no, crawled in no, your soda? No. What? Me neither, but I, my younger brother. I, I, I always <laughs> I heard a story of a person being stung in, like, the mouth but from drinking the soda, and ever since then I've been hyper-paranoid. Even like my soda's outside, I twist the fucking tab so it's covering it, even though a bee can still fit in that. But, and I'm like, I was looking, I'm like, ah, pour a little out. None of it'll prepare, like, it's still gonna happen. Yeah, you said to make peace with your eventual, you know, bee ingestion. Yeah. Right? I've only been stung by a bee twice. Wow. Once I... when I was too young to remember at a, I don't know if, it was a show that my parents, uh, like a concert my parents took me to in the desert. Dead. I think Did so. Did they take you to see Grateful Dead in the desert? I think so. That sounds right. I think that's also when I almost died in the VW bus because I was overheating because we were going to Death Valley and there was no uh, air conditioning. Yeah. And the moon came out and it was like Jerry willed it. And Garrett was ungrateful to be near dead. <laughs> kind of a jerk move, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was harsh in the whole vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, I had a dead tooth when I was a little kid. Uh, you know, when it gets all gray and yeah. like, uh, because I was spinning on a chair in front of this guy's like booth and like my dad stopped the chair and I just, my head like Ooh, flung wow. forward and hit the oh. fucking, <laughs> I imagine your dad's like, oh, you're fine. You're fine. It's okay. You're fine. I don't remember any of it. This is all stories that he <laughs> told me. Something he told you after that. <laughs> and that's how they invented the logo of the skull of the lightning ball. That's Garrett's brain got. <laughs> yeah, split into red and blue. <laughs> oh, and that's why the the bears as well, because the bear that went in the living room. Yeah. Wow, this is actually really weird. That Even though it's come over from the way future. after the fact. Yeah. 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 Time moves backwards. Oh yeah. Island. For my for oh. my tooth concussion, I just was spouting stuff in the air. Yeah. I was seeing my future. Man, as much as I make fun of Grateful Dead, um, what's it called? The Flood. I think that's the album. It's called The Flood. Pretty good. I don't know. I can ask my mom. I, like I don't that. know any Grateful Dead stuff. I'll this, take a photo. I have it on my. It's a great album. 
It's very nice. I don't remember what is his name. Nag? Nag? I don't know. I eventually encountered my quarry. The in, Grateful Dead. In a deep... Alpine Valley. <laughs> in a deep and dark corner of the swamp, with hanging trees overgrown with vines, let in the barest of light, even at midday. I saw him. He sat, partially hanging by an arm on a large stump, but mostly submerged. His head lazily rooted around in the mud, where he would take mouthfuls of an unknown substance and lazily chew them. I was able to get about six feet away from him when the smell caused me to gasp. The tales this were... is a dead concert again. The tales were true. <laughs> Only 40 porta potties for 6,000 people? Yeah. All that patchouli, sweet Jesus. No, dude, the random d- stuff. Oh, you, okay, okay, we'll stop. That is a okay, sense Garrett, memory to my child. Well, I know. All right, Garrett, we'll skip through. Oh, uh, my God. Did talk about the stunt cape over here? And it, we had we had a family of hippies living on our property in a bus, like in a school bus that they yes yeah. like added a sink to and like an oven to yeah they were really cool and but man oh my god that smell I hate patchouli yeah at least I mean you're gonna do it you know scrub yourself with lemons or something where was I his thick fur was matted with mud and growing the most grotesquely slimy scum there were even tufts of moss on his head. Like bull cut hair, just mossy trunks. Yeah, I was thinking more like like Mo Howard. <laughs> but we need two other skunk apes. <laughs> okay, you need a curly skunk ape, and I don't remember the other one. Uh, Larry, Larry Mo, yeah. and, and yeah. yeah, and Shemp. Well, that's much later. <laughs> Shemp Howard. My strained breathing caught his attention. He turned quickly to face me, much faster than I expected from something as slow as he was. He seemed to relax at noticing that I am a frog. I greeted him, but believed he is incapable of speech. After the longest minute of observing me, he beckoned me to approach. He began scooping roots and fungus in balls out of mud and shoveled one into his mouth. Apparently unconcerned that it was more mud in the ball than vegetation, uh, he tried to stuff the other fistful in my mouth, but I adamantly refused. After a few attempts, he began to grow agitated. I shot my tongue out to catch a fly. His eyes widened. Then he began to dance and make celebratory noises. He then grabbed my arm, and I felt obliged to follow. Not least of the reasoning being his size and overwhelming strength. In about half of an hour, we had reached some sort of primitive hut. It was as if beavers had piled sticks around the exposed roots of an ancient stump. We descended through an opening into a filthy hole that seemed to be his home. Everything was caked with mud and mushrooms grew plentiful. There was a hole in the ceiling where the stump had rotted. Water was dripping incessantly into his home, and he he seemed not to care. It didn't take long for me to see why he had brought me here. The place was filled with swarms of flies. His arms flailed about, but with a finger extended. I took it to mean that he wanted me to eat the flies. I obliged, and it worked. At this point... I believed that my sense of smell was all but numb, and yet the odor was overwhelming. I needed to leave, and soon. Luckily, he laid down, and I made to leave without any sign of him attempting to stop me. He slowly waved as I made my exit. Outside his hut, I saw footprints, like his, but in various sizes. It did not seem apparent to me that he has a family living with him, or, in retrospect, that it even was a he... (laughs) It was clear, however, that there are more of its kind, and that they are at least somewhat social. My friends, I must beg you that whatever you do, do not pursue the skunk ape. 
uh, while friendly and childishly friendly, the smell really cannot be described. Skunks are not in any way comparable. Their way of life is one of filth and odor. <laughs> Bill up. Level 6 field correspondent. Editor-in-chief of Loveland Times for Featured Creatures Podcast. Got a bunch of flies out of that. Why are you mad? Because <laughs> no, no amount of payment is worth that smell. I don't know. No. I don't know. No, no. I, I, I'm with you. I mean, I'm not really into smell, but... $20 is $20. <laughs> you know? Uh, you're one of them. <laughs> Why the, the $20 is $20 type? Yes. I'm in dire straits, my friend. Not quite those dire are, enough, I guess. Those are uh, two of my favorite JoJo characters. Ah, uh, yes. Dire and straight so. Brothers in Arms is a legit great album. Which, uh, unfortunately, I think yeah, Alan... I think it was like last so week. the betrayer. <laughs> Sturizo. Yeah. 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 Money for nothing, dude. Yeah, that's what I was like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. I mean, let's, I guess let's get to today's featured creature. That album I don't know about? It, I mean, yeah. that you, I like, I'm not even trying to, I, I feel bad because I feel like I'm always attacking you for not knowing, no, not knowing, I don't like, know like pop stuff. music, but like the opening riff for Money for Nothing is like iconic. I don't know. It's, just, it's incredible. You didn't we'll, show we'll, me the we'll play. We'll play. We'll play the video. We'll play. We'll play some of the song. Yeah. Um. Elephant humanoid. <laughs> Location. Nara Bean Lake. In, wait, Japan. No. Okay. All right. Nara Bean Lake, the largest of three rainforest-shrouded estuaries located within a nine-mile stretch of coast along Sydney's northern beach, which is situated in the state of New South Wales, Australia. Oh. Because people forget there's a rainforest there. Yeah, there's a little bit. Yep. And they, there's a ruin that, a movie that was ruined there. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Deliberately, about accidentally. Kangaroo Jack again? You... No, we're no. talking about um, Island of Dr. Moreau. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, get... what's, the, what's that documentary called? Island of Lost Souls? Uh, Lost Souls something, something, something. Yeah, it's a, the documentary about the remake of Dr. Moreau. Check it out if you get a chance. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the sightings, because I want—I don't want to describe the creature. I'm going to leave it to the experts, so the people who saw it. <laughs> All right. Okay. <clears throat> One, oh, he's a kangaroo, and hey, he this, does I'm not gonna... rap in, ever in that movie, except in the dream sequence. Do any of you, and by any of you, I mean the two people sitting <laughs> Either. <laughs> I, do either of you know the Unsolved Mysteries tune? Oh. Uh... uh no, uh, I, like I, I can hear it in my head, but I can't do it. You know what same. I mean? Like I remember yeah, it, but okay. I don't. I needed it for background noise, and I forgot to grab it. But <laughs> the I just want other people to go. Yeah, because it's something. Yeah, I can't do it. I don't have these kind of abilities. Imagine that's behind me when I'm talking, because I'm not editing it. Okay. One fifteen, April third, nineteen sixty-eight. Mabel Watt. <laughs> That's it, right? <laughs> the Monday yep. night football. <laughs> Mabel Walsh <laughs> was driving along. <laughs> this people's court, right? It's got to be like really. It's got to be overpowering, right? Yeah. That's what you want to just completely go over the, this, the audio of describing. Keep reading. Because <laughs> I keep laughing. Don't, don't, don't. Mabel Walsh was driving along the Wakehurst Parkway alongside Narrabeen Lake with her nephew, John. 
The pair were <laughs> the pair was cruising at approximately 45 miles per hour en route to Newport when they both spied a peculiar being standing in sha- shallow water in the lake. Walsh described the eccentric entity. Here's a quote from this bitch. Wow, Garrett. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't condone Huge this. Huge slam on Aussies right there. Whoa, okay. I mean, they're only going 45. Yeah, that's Hey, I can't drive 45, so. I can't do an Australian accent, so we're even. <laughs> you just got to throw in an occasional oi. Oi. It was a bit over four feet tall. With dark gray, tough, leathery skin, like an elephant. It had small front legs and walked on its hind legs, which were thick and round like an elephant's. There were no, there were no tail or ears, but I saw a trunk that was like an anteater's. <laughs> I thought I was going to say elephant, didn't you? Uh, I wasn't expecting any. Can I, quick, quick sidebar. Did it, did you say what year this was and I just didn't hear you? Yes. What year was it? 1968. Okay, all right, good. That I'm cause I'm already theory crafting. Keep going. I like that they describe it as an elephant when it's as tall and similar as an anteater. <laughs> it's like it's not on a, thick like an I anteater. Mean, wait, cuz there's there's 4 feet tall and thick. I don't want to look cuz this is this is too early for it, but we've all seen the meme images of the T-posing anteaters, right? Yeah, yes, yes. Cuz they they do that. Yeah, but yeah. not in shallow water, and they're not hairless, leathery nutsack monsters. What if but, it's all slick from the water? And mud, then, then, like at a distance. And mud. At a distance. And it, like the mud would like kind of dry a little bit and be kind of cracked like leather. You know, I don't know. I, I didn't want to right, start this early. Going, let's keep going. Sorry. It's less sorry, of sorry. a nutsack, though. Well, okay. Here, here, how about this? All right. You read the thing. I have another theory. I'll throw it out at the end. Rigid and squared off at the end and stuck out at an angle. It then came out of the water, stood up on its legs, and ran into a bush with a shuffling sideways run. It ambled out of the lake and ran into the scrub. It had a strange shuffling walk, but it was quite fast. It shocked me. It was a peculiar it was a peculiar looking thing. I've never seen anything like it. We only saw it for a few seconds. But there was another force stopping them from investigating the creature further. Time. Oh no. This is why I need the... Yeah, which none of us can remember. Her quote continues. I stopped the car, but had to wait for traffic to pass before I could back up. But the thing had gone. We were in a hurry. I had to get John to the airport. No! I didn't have time to call anyone and check on it. I mean, this was 69. They didn't have cell phone cameras. As brief as the encounter may have been. Would so. you risk your flight to hunt down this weird anteater man? No, I would not. I would. I would not risk anything if it meant me leaving the hellscape of Australia. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Because that's a creature that we just saw in Australia. It's venomous. Oh, no, no, you're right, you're right. No, 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 <laughs> He's no, the, I don't the like trunk this. just peels back and it's just like a proboscis lined with stingers. <laughs> yep. No, thank you, elephant man. I'll see you later. As brief as the encounter may have been, it made a tremendous impression on Walsh, who, according to a snippet published in the nineteen or in the April sixth, nineteen sixty eight edition of the Daily Telegraph, was planning on keeping watch by the lakeside in order to catch a second glimpse of the strange pachyderm like beast. That's the first sighting. Okay. Oh. Well, maybe the first sighting. Oh. Sometime this one's afterwards. Uh, sometime in April nineteen seventy one. Two eyewitnesses. The eyewitness in question were a pair of anglers who were engaged in some night fishing from a boat on Narrabeen Lake. Or Narrabeen Lake, I don't care. The men who would later claim that you they... don't had, care. 
Is there Aussies? It's like Narabin. My New South Whalers, I'm sorry about this. Garrett loves your regional aqua ducts that are not aqueducts, lakes. Bodies of water, let's just yeah. say. I mean, I love all bodies of water. Okay, there we go. Especially <laughs> especially that hold venomous anteater people. Yeah. That's the best kind of water. <laughs> the men would later claim that they had caught a glimpse of something in the flickering light of their kerosene lamp. When they raised the lamp for a better look, the two fishermen claimed that they saw a gray, pigmented brute that had, quote, trunk like an elephant. They also confirmed that creatures... They also confirmed that the creature employed a unique bipedal locomotion as it sloshed through the water. Late 1970s. UFO researcher Bill Chalker investigated this phenomenon. While his on-site examinations would ultimately prove fruitless... He did propose a potentially intriguing association between these humanoid elephants and ancient Hindu texts. All right. I'm oh, is, it's like a shellless Gajamina that washed up on shore. <laughs> that would be cool. But no, here's his, uh, here's his quote. I spent a number of evenings loitering around the Nobin Lakes and <laughs> checking out the areas involved in these stories. Unfortunately, no elephant humanoids were seen. And I was not able to determine any substance to a prosaic elephant connection. Prosaic? That's the word. It is interesting that these humanoid elephant-headed beings are a major feature in Indian mythology. Namely, Ganesha. End of quote. (laughs) Big reach. Yeah. You did it. It Especially because the first one, it said it didn't have ears. Yeah. You like no ears or tails, which unfortunately that actually the lack of tail kind of, you know, puts the kibosh on the anteater theory. But no ears goes to anteater theory. I mean, that's true. What if it was just hiding the tail with the leg? They thought it was Tuck a leg. It in, it's like, wah, 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 wah. Oh, explains its weird walk. It does actually. Yeah. Whoa. Ooh, I don't like that at all. I like that. <laughs> I don't like that's a, that. Is, first of all, that is a George Lucas alien. Yeah. I just. It's Max Rebo. He's, you've ruined the ending. I'm sorry, were you going to... I didn't... <laughs> no, the Cryptids wiki is clearly ripped from someone's blog, and the end of it was like, makes you wonder what kind of sad fate would have happened to Jabba the Hutt's blue piano-playing friend, Max Rebo. <laughs> you would have gone on to be tremendously successful. Chalker did make a tentative connection between the creatures and a close encounter of the third kind that occurred in Australia over 40 years previous to the Walsh sighting. Wait a minute. So in like the 30s? 28? Wow. So yeah, okay. in the movies, the guy playing the ARP 2500 is Max Rebo? Yeah. That's him the whole it time. It checks out. Yeah. That the aliens came to Earth because they were attracted to the jizz music. Yep. <laughs> the jizz That's the genre of music. I, I know, I know. I forget that. You can't play jizz unless you got a real good jizz box. Yes. That I know. Sigh Snoodle singing, you know, yep. Max Rebo with the band played on, dude. Yep. Jizz. You know, I actually I've don't heard know. That that's actually the real theory for why jazz is called jazz in real world. Real, yeah. I can't find the source though. It's like, this is actual oh musicological take. I can't prove it. But it's because someone came and then just started scatting. Yeah, real. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It really has to <laughs> I, do with that. It might have gone the other way. <laughs> someone started scatting. No, no. no they're like, like, and they were like, wow. Uh, you know. Uh, okay. Uh, Forty years while sighting. Farmer Cecil McGann related an extraordinary tale to Chalker in a 19-page letter, Jesus which he sent Christ. him in 1985. In the letter, McGann told a plethora of strange tales involving UFOs, brutally butchered livestock, and one particular event. 
1927. Ten-year-old. Wait, what? that's it? In 19 pages? Well, he's, no, he, he related in 19 pages this story, which we're about to like read like a, oh, okay. a synopsis yeah. of. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I thought I thought there was more of these. Uh... <laughs> that was the TLDR was they killed some cows in 27. Yeah, my next words were 10-year-old McGann. <laughs> McGann. Oh, yeah. McGann, I guess. Uh, 1927, 10-year-old McGann spied a group of truly curious creatures on his family farm in northern New South Wales. <laughs> That's a lot of qualifiers on a, on a location. <laughs> in a scenario that is difficult not to compare to the Point Pleasant Mothman encounters, the, McGa- the McGann family and their neighbors had for weeks been tormented by strange zigzagging lights in the sky, giant birds, mysterious nighttime visitors, precisely exsanguinated cows, oh. and pigs and a paddock full of spooked farm animals. You know, I remember there people lighting up a lot of zigzags at that Grateful Dead uh, concert. <laughs> uh, yeah, exsanguinated <laughs> cow is my favorite strand. That's what it makes you feel like, you know? <laughs> uh, it's precisely exsanguinated stand- yeah. cow. It's a, it's a sativa. <laughs> they, <laughs> they dropped the precisely part because it's hard for customers to remember it. Yeah, I've had a PEC. <laughs> One night, after watching an odd illuminated object perform aerial feats that would be difficult today and impossible in the 1920s, the family settled down for bed, dismissing the UFO as a dancing star. Yeah, because that's normal. Well, that's where the show came from, right? Yeah. <laughs> dancing with, dancing the, with star. the stars. Yeah. It's they put people in a catapult and shoot them at the sun. It all started. My great grandfather, we were on the farm and there were uh, like weird zigzag lights, and he was just like, That's it, dancing stars. The following morning. Now get the waz on it. <laughs> the following morning, cattle seemed agitated and refused to return to their grazing field. But within a few days, the cattle were da- down the hill in their grazing field until about 2 p.m. When they were mixing <laughs> McGann immediately they walk in his <laughs> blood gone. McGann insists. Yeah, I got a bunch of Capri Suns on the field for these cows. <laughs> like like, like Capri like Sun ch- people just yeah, yeah a chupacabra drinks a cow and then turns into some liquid metal and just starts flying around, <laughs> just exploding yeah. through billboards. Yeah, it's fucking great. And they just oh. look like the sucked out patches, pouches. Yeah. And then you fold that cow pouch. into a cell phone. <laughs> It's isn't that that's literally a bit from Kung Pao, right? When the when Moon Yu like falls over. Oh yeah, it's because he was milked too yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> you must be quite the fighter to make it past my cow. Whoa. A lot of references to your people. Sorry about that. <laughs> McGinn. Keep up if you can. McGann insists the herd stampede stampeded back up the rise, eyes bulging with terror. The cows refused to return to their paddock. And eventually were allowed to bed down in a small enclosure near the farmhouse. The cows remained in the enclosure for days, and it was soon and it was soon noticed that one of the herd had gone missing. McGann was sent down to the field to see if he could wrangle the missing bovine. There was no way he could <laughs> I love how they sent a ten year old to do all of this. Well, you can't send in the buff grandpa, that's the last yeah, resort. You cannot send in the muscular. No mu- yep. There was no way he could realize that he was about to lay eyes on something that would haunt him for the rest of his days. In McGann's own words, I walked out onto the range in our day. Hold on. Are you doing a southern accent? No. Is that? Oh, sorry. It sounded like it. I was excited. I can't do a southern accent. Oh. Just keep doing what you were doing. Now we'll hear it as southern. 
I walked out into the ridge in our day paddock. I walked onto the ridge in our day paddock. Uh, I so paddock. doing fall bear. <laughs> no, no, do fall bear. Do fall bear. Oh, <laughs> I'm so excited that you were doing fall bear voice. This is his origin story. I walked out onto the ridge in our day <laughs> paddock. definitely an elephant humanoid. <laughs> <laughs> was rest in peace the urn I walked out into the ridge in our day paddock to see if she parentheses the cow had ventured out there during the day and a strange scene confronted me as I looked down the ridge as there were two objects one down on a small flat at the bottom or a ridge and one amid br- bushes halfway down the ridge and they were moving and looked like small elephants. <laughs> In retrospect, McGann speculated that what he perceived to be elephantine features might have been spacesuits. Oh. A concept that would have been oh, okay. virtually incomprehensible in 1927. Yeah, no, that is true. Yeah. Used to protect what he believed may well have been aliens. That very morning, the family discovered three large pigs dead behind an eight-foot-high fence. The carcasses had marks on their necks, but there was no evidence of spilt blood at the scene, according to Chalker. It would probably be erroneous to speculate that the unknown creature reported above was related in some way to UFOs. There's no direct connection evident, and because the creature, or one like it, was seen again in the area... It would probably be more correct to suggest that the creature was an unknown species, perhaps local to that area. Nevertheless, it's worthy noting that nearly two weeks following the Walsh encounter, on April 16, 1968, there was a rash of UFO sightings above Sydney. These sluggish, star-like objects were spotted from several suburbs between 6 and 6.35 p.m. And that is literally where every information on it ends. Wow, okay. I think it's actually pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there, the, the main theory is there's this weird weird hair like hairless weird fucking faced like dead animal (laughs) that it could maybe have been like a globster but like a land-based globster no it's like an a dead like extinct animal Oh, okay yeah huh interesting yeah i mean my first thought was shaved trumpy that was my first thought trunko trumpy no from from pod people okay yeah yeah. Uh, my brain's been poisoned with the bear Okay. Uh, other theory, though, hear me out on this, right? This is a little bit of a stretch. What if it's just like a really short, fat, aboriginal person with a didgeridoo and covered in mud? <laughs> it's a real short didgeridoo. It's more like it, a didgeridoo. Well, I mean, but it's like for <laughs> it's it's just it's like a play school didgeridoo. It's like to scale. Yeah, but it wouldn't because he's a small guy. The other aboriginal people like they they taught him to play it would it still as a be joke. as like tall as him if it was to scale. Well, I mean, I guess. Maybe look, I I don't know. I'm just I'm throwing stuff out here. Maybe it was a, it was a it bunch down. it was a bunch of sugar cane that he was munching on. I don't know. <laughs> well, we perhaps will never know. I well, guess that's not that's what Chef can say. Can uh, alien? Can elephant humanoid beat a hippo? Yes. I don't think so. I think it is <laughs> like a lesser form of a hippo. No way. He's got suck powers. Does I mean, he? Probably. If it, there were better evidence that it was literally a space precisely alien, precisely the PECs. But those could have been an unrelated thing. It's hard to say, but I agree. I think a hippo would just eat this thing. Mm-hmm. No, I think I, I'm going to go with a hippo's a cow. We'll just drink the hippo. Yeah, let's drink the hippo. Precisely exsanguinated hippos. Oh, okay. 
Well, you know, I guess. But then it will die of a heart attack from... That's true. The hippo All the hippo cocaine. cholesterol. And yeah. the hippo cocaine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I assume this was like a native Australian hippo for some reason, not a... Not Plug emendation. Pablo oh, no. Escobar-style cocaine All hippos hippo. that we use in our fights are <laughs> Escobar hippos. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that was a rule. And it is now. for years, but okay. I, I just you know, thought we always were scaling them up to the highest. Plug uh, You know, I can respect that. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm, I actually have a plug ready. Years ago, my family and I used to watch Survivor a lot, and I found a channel on YouTube that is just like a person who does long-form, like, documentary-style content on Survivor. And I didn't realize that the show was still going still at all. Yeah. I know someone that just banished all 500. He's got problems. Yeah, it, there's so much of it. Um, but the content's really interesting. The channel's called Once Upon an Island. Uh, it's very well put together. Um, it's a, I think it's kind of a newer channel. So, yeah, that's my plug. Once Upon an Island, check it out. Oh, what Gundam's next? <laughs> I can go while you find that out. Yep. So I'm going to plug one of my recent listens. is the John Duncan collaboration with Max Springer called The Crackling. It is uh, recordings of the Stanford... Yeah, which one? Yeah, the Stanford Linear Accelerator Center for Subatomic Particle Research. It's pretty fun. This is a noise album? I kind of... It's, I don't know what you'd call it. I guess technically this is a like a field recording of a linear accelerator. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. 1996 but yeah I, I will let's just say it's noise but yeah it's a recording of this accelerator and it's called the crackling yeah oh. he's done uh, other things that aren't corpses okay the next gundam series is mobile suit gundam 0083 stardust memory it's okay <laughs> i recognize that name there's a really dumb love story in it that isn't a love story until, like, the second half of the show. Like, it's they shoehorned it in, and it doesn't make any sense. Interesting. That's what year was happens. this one? Uh, 1992. Okay, so this was, this was like, fast approaching, like, when Wing was going to happen anyway, right? Uh, Wing is 1995. That's what I thought. It's just interesting for me to consider, like, mi- like considering there's, like, a shoehorned love story, that, like, they might have been trying to, like, switch the demographic a little bit. Mm, maybe. But what the next two Gundams... Ah, there's a weird love story in Victory. Um, no, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. It's a 13-episode show, like, OVA. I see. And, like, six episodes in, all of a sudden, the character that's been us- with us since episode one is in a love triangle with the main character and the main villain. Wow. Cool. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like, it's not... It's literally out of nowhere. I mean, it's- you just described Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert! I haven't seen any. No, they wanted to fuck since episode since uh since the first episode. <laughs> I, I'm not sure which of the characters we're even talking about here. But honestly, yeah, basically, yeah. There was um, some there was some deep sexual tension happening there. Hey. The second, Kylo Ren caught that laser. Mm. Mm. Wait, you can catch lasers? Yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, Darth Vader did it, but not as good. I don't know. There's there's like a, like a raw visceralness to when Vader does it. That it's like it's like a almost like a Jason Voorhees thing. It's I just mean, like he doesn't care. It, well, it's just hitting his hand instead of just like freezing it. Yeah, yeah. unless because he's a robot, like Blowfly said. Yep. Exactly. Now that's my plug. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Plug uh, Blowfly. If you want to yeah. vote on future episodes, except for the next episode and the one after that, birthday episode is now Blowfly. I've decided. It- <laughs> Because the next two episodes are my birthday episode and Alan's birthday episode. Then we got a regular birthday episode, and then it's Shefton's birthday episode. Wait, wait, what? Birthday, 
You, then me, then another birthday, then chef. Just a, then a, a okay. They me, said, you, a regular I episode. Swear you said a regular birthday episode. You know what? Fine, it's a regular birthday it's episode. A regular birthday I want to do an episode about birthdays. Yeah. Every day, somebody's birthday. The know? history of birthdays. Or are they? Do do do. I, I, Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, there, there were so many times where I thought you were going to X Files theme, and honestly, I was just so glad that we weren't being assaulted by Howard Dean scream <laughs> that I just. I didn't want to say anything because I knew I would just, like, I would open the floodgates. Open Dean Gates. Uh, thank you, Jan Britt Nowen, for the use of our theme song, Cryptid Love. And uh, you can check us out on Twitter, at Fecre, F-E-A-C-R-E. Check out our Patreon to be able to vote for episodes and to get onto our Discord server and to get stickers and shit. And remember, all you need to do to be a cryptozoologist is to say you're a cryptozoologist. P-E-C's. <laughs>